Are we recording? Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Uncut Podcast. I'm Pastor Luke. And I am Pastor Cameron. And this is the Uncut Podcast, where we have honest, uncut conversations about faith, life, and ministry. Um, today, we kind of, we were sitting here talking about what are we going to talk about in the Uncut Podcast today. Um, and yeah, it's not that we're running out of topics. We have lots of topics. We have it's lots like, of topics. It's do we have the energy to address all of those? Some of those like big, big questions uh, on this particular on, day. Yeah, on this particular day, this particular morning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got plenty to talk about. It's just yeah, some of those things take some significant mental and emotional effort to parse through and yeah, say well and the. <laughs> The unfortunate thing is that some of those topics are really important. Mm-hmm. So maybe next time we record, we should say, okay, when is our emotional and spiritual energy at its peak Yeah, in order to tackle some of these things? Because usually Thursdays for us. It's our Friday. It's our Friday. And it's our like a little bit of a breakneck pace. Yeah. To maybe get some things done so that we can enjoy our weekend. Yes. Uh, and uh, today's Thursday for us. I don't know if you're, you know, whenever you're yeah. watching this, we're recording it a little bit of ahead of time because. Yeah, this will be two weeks out yeah. from when it gets released. Right. Um, so Cameron is not here recording on his vacation. Correct. Yes. Um, but the last one that we did, the last episode we did, we talked about. Um, Smite is it shiny, shiny, happy people, shiny, happy people, yeah. Um, which was a pretty heavy episode. We did that earlier this same week, actually. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe the reason we even had the energy to do that particular episode and wade into the weeds as much as we did was because we we did it on what a Monday was it Monday or was it Tuesday? It was on Tuesday. Tuesday after staff Tuesday meeting. After yeah. staff. Mm-hmm. So we had a little bit more maybe energy than we uh, we do at the you know mm-hmm. end of the week. Um, so I don't know. You know, that's it's 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 a worthwhile leadership thing to examine in yourself um, of like where where your energy. I don't know, so it sounds so super woo woo to like no. say it, but like, where's your energy economy at like yep. throughout the week? Um, well, this is kind of one of the things that we wanted to maybe start to talk about today yeah. is what are the things that we would tell our younger ministry yeah. selves that we never would have imagined or been able to experience yeah. or understood. Um, you know, before we were in ministry. Yeah. I, <laughs> one of those would have been, I know you feel like you can go all the time and yeah. go at a hundred percent pace right. and you kind of can, uh, just don't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that would have been like a little bit of like, and, and I would say you, I say, I would kind of disagree with that. And I would say you can't, mm. Right. you can, for a season. Yeah. But even the fastest and most conditioned sprinters in the world can only sprint for so long until they collapse. Yeah. Um, and it, 
you know, like one of the things maybe that I didn't anticipate both early in ministry, this would probably primarily be before ministry. And this, let's see, this year, 2023 will be 19 years of full-time ministry for me. And that's like, you know, when I say full-time ministry, that's in general, you know, preaching week to week and right. doing pastoral work and meeting with people and counseling and doing all that stuff. And yeah. um, and I would say that there, I had no anticipation whatsoever on the physical exhaustion that mental, emotional, and spiritual work creates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, just like the brain drain. Yep. Um, and I'm never more tired physically than, uh, um, than I am Sunday afternoons usually hits me around like three o'clock yeah. preached, you know, everything I've been working up to that week, mm-hmm. been in the community with the people, yeah. you know, like carried the burdens or helped shoulder the burdens, prayed for people, you know, all of the stuff mm-hmm. that pastors do on Sundays, right. preached a message. And then Sunday, it's like, boom, boom, yeah. it all hits. Yeah. And part of it, I think, that makes it even more exhausting is the, I don't want to say dread, because <laughs> not, I don't mean no. that, I don't think, but, but the, the realization that, okay, it's three o'clock on Sunday afternoon. And I'm finally hitting like this point of like, oh my gosh, I am spent mm-hmm. on the week. And Mondays tomorrow. It's like, yeah, 17 hours later. Yeah. It's time to go do it again. Yeah. To start it all over again. Right. Yeah. Um, so that, I mean, I guess that could be, you could change that a little bit by changing your day off. Yeah. I've always had Friday as my day off. Well, so, so I did it the other way. We, the, my last position, if we were the pastor to have preached on Sunday, it was understood that we took Monday off. Mm. Um, but we also had a slightly, there's two different kind of schools of thought when it comes to pastoral work and pastoral hours um, and things like that. And so we, we were also of the expectation to work like it was kind of our goal to work around 50 hours mm-hmm. um and so uh that was kind of that was kind of just the it was kind of the goal we weren't it wasn't a big concern if we were consistently up in the like 50 hours range of yep. work and and we took mondays off and what i found is that for me like Sunday and Monday or Saturday and Monday ended up being my days off. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times Saturday, if I was preaching, didn't end up being very much of a day off because sometimes I was still doing some late prep work on that. Um, but what I found in my own like need to recover is I really need two days back to back. I have one day where I kind of crash a little bit. I kind yep. of like, I need like, I really need to zero out. Like yep. I don't, like not a whole lot of heavy lifting mm-hmm. of things and uh, ideas and topics. I just mm-hmm. need a little bit of just some 
super downtime for me. Mm -hmm. And then the second day, I kind of feel more myself, Mm -hmm. and I'm able to kind of come and do... um, I'm able to engage in my day off a little bit more intentionally. Mm-hmm. I'm able to do more uh, at-home things and other things that I want to do, hobbies that maybe take a little bit more energy and stuff. Um, and when I don't have that, when I have the two days are broken apart like that, I take a Monday off and I take a Saturday off. I don't feel rested. The day, the days of rest are kind of broken up. And so it, yep. for me, that was never... Um, great and so when i came here and like everyone's like oh yeah like friday and saturday are kind of the days off i was like yes Mm -hmm. and what that kind of does at least um in theory is rather than if because if monday's your day off sunday ends up feeling like the end of your week and if you make it your first day of your week by taking friday saturday off you are able to come in a little bit fresh. Now, that is all depending upon how diligent you and I have been on like uh, f- closing work at the end of the day of Thursday. That's why we said here, like Thursday can feel a little bit like a crunch day. And that's because yeah. we're trying to put everything to rest enough so that we can not think about it for the next two days. Yeah, if I, if I leave the office on Thursday night, and my sermon's not done, mm-hmm. or particularly it's my sermon, because that's usually like the thing that is... Well, it's usually the thing that can't wait. Right. Um, then if I leave the office on Thursday and my sermon's not done, I can't... I can't... It's very difficult for me to enter into any type of rest, mm-hmm. either Friday or Saturday. Because I know at some point... I'm back and I'm back at the desk prepping, you know, and getting getting ready, and I have a really difficult time. Like, feels like my soul knows, like, mm-hmm. that there's not that that I still have work to do. Yeah, and so, um, I really try on th- Thursdays. I often work late mm-hmm. or later than normal. Because I would rather work late on my last day in the office and then have Friday and Saturday with no like rest. With yeah. Yeah. Um and um uh I was at a leadership conference once and one of the presenters there, pastor and preacher, um was talking about this and like in, in terms of you know, finishing your sermon at a particular time of the week so that you can have the day of rest or mm-hmm. rest, whatever. And he was, he basically just said, keep your butt in the seat until the hard work is done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me- meaning like, it's not, that may be a misconception that a lot of people have about what it takes to prepare. Mm-hmm. And I guess every, you know, like we're all, I mean, you and I are probably different in the way that we prepare. Yeah. Our messages and mm-hmm. and every every preacher has their own method and yep, um, but not everyone may understand that you know it's not it's not necessarily just like this super ethereal spiritual download of inspiration where yeah. it just like. You just know everything that you're going to say and how you're going to say it. And it's all from the, you know, like. Sometimes, like. Sometimes it's like it hits. And yeah. it's like, 
easy. Right. Or, like, for me, like, there'll just be, like, oh, that's the main point. Yes. Like, whatever to do to say that main point is what I got to do. Like, right. sometimes we'll get that clarity. Other times, it's it's a, it is, it's work. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, right. It's just, it's the type of hard work that everyone experiences in their job that makes work hard. Yeah. And it's always work. Sometimes the work is easier mm-hmm. than others. Sometimes you have a lot of familiarity with a passage or you've preached on it before. Right. Or you've planned this series out and so you kind of have an idea of what's coming and right. you can kind of like subconsciously or even consciously plan for mm-hmm. multiple sermons and yeah. it makes it a little bit easier. But sometimes you're coming in and you're like stone cold on this on the text or the topic or even what it is that you're going to say. We try and avoid that as much as possible. As much as possible. Um, which is rare when we hit a week where we're like, what's the sermon going to be? We have like no starting point. Yeah. I don't think that happens very often at all anymore. Um, but sometimes you do come to like a, oh, that definitely happened during the Minor Prophet series. We're like, mm. Nahum. Who? <laughs> <laughs> We're like, okay, a book I've never like I, I've preached read, out of. yeah, never preached right. out of, and I've never done a deep study on. I'm uh-huh. supposed to cover the entire book in one sermon, right? Yeah, Ooh. <laughs> that was a heavy lifting. Yeah, well, series. you did most of that series. I did. I did finish yeah. it out because that was right when you were starting. We did the more popular, not minor prophets. Yeah, I took the prop- popular ones. The and popular gave you all the obscure <laughs> ones after I left. So. I think I'm trying to. I think it might have been Zephaniah was the one that I like struggled with the most. I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> it was yeah. that was a tough sermon. Uh-huh. But there is a like I didn't understand it until because um, a lot of my um, my professional life I I've done a lot of physical work. I'd worked mm-hmm. as a grocery clerk in a grocery store. Um, done carpentry work um, and things like that. And so, like, I was very used to physical exhaustion. I was very used to, like, putting in a solid eight hours, coming home and being like, whew, yeah, it was like a good day, feel physically spent, right? But I still had a lot of mental capacity a lot of times. Um, Mm -hmm. And putting in, like, regimented, uh, when I shifted to... Um, not having those physical outlets and be not doing physical labor as much, I realized, I was like, oh, my brain and my heart and soul gets tired just like my body did. Um, you know, I, there will, there have been days and these happen, these happen when I've kind of maybe overtaxed myself in some different, in different ways, or maybe I've not, manage the time correctly or giving myself enough breaks, but there will be days, particularly like on a Thursday where I hit noon and I'm staring at the computer and I'm like, I have nothing in me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't have the, the mental capacity to put together two thoughts very well to mm-hmm. straight, to make this sermon. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have to make the decision. Is it better for me to sit here for another four hours mm-hmm. And force myself to write something that I'm going to come into the next day, I'm going to maybe look at again, and end up deleting almost all of it because it was 
so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, there is like a kind of a point of diminishing returns. Yeah. Where you're like, and that has happened. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it happens regularly for either of us. No. But I think that there is, you know, there's several times over the last even couple months where I'm like, you know, I I need to set this down for a little bit because I, like you said, I don't have anything left and I'm not thinking clearly. For me, usually the prep, if I can, um, if I can make the, if I can get my introduction, mm-hmm. how am I starting this? If I can do that, then usually the rest of it flows fairly easily because I tend to think through my fingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I can get typing, mm-hmm. I can keep moving because like, okay, now my brain is engaged and I'm, I'm getting there. Well, it's interesting. I just didn't mean to turn into a whole sermon prep episode or anything, but it's interesting because you and I have flipped how we prepare our sermons. Mm-hmm. I, um, my most common way of prepping sermons would be to like do the research, do the writing, do a little bit of free writing, make a, make a very vague, big kind of big movement outline and then write. Mm -hmm. And I would write my entire sermon, but I've over the last six months, I guess I've shifted from doing that to writing. I, I do still do some like free writing, try and kind of nail down the big idea. And then I make a detailed two page outline and then that's it. I'm not sitting and I'm not writing what usually ended up being around seven to nine pages Mm -hmm. of like word for word, my sermon, which, um, it's given me a little bit more flexibility in my time, Mm -hmm. but also has helped me, uh, be a little bit, it's helped me deliver my message sometimes in a little bit more relatable or conversational tone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a different way of prepping and preaching that I'm, I think I'm leaning into to learn some things. Um, and then you decided to, that's kind of what you did for yep. a very long time. And you've decided yeah. to switch back to what essentially I was doing, yep. which is writing, writing it all out. Yeah. Essentially manuscripting it, which is not, yeah, like probably for the last 17, 18 years of ministry, I have not been doing. Right. Been generally creating a written outline that I understand, that I can follow, that I know how I want to get from point one to point two mm-hmm. or whatever. But as I'm, as I'm just continuing to want to grow and be better in my preaching mm-hmm. was recognizing that I was not always bringing the level of clarity that I wanted to bring to a certain point mm-hmm. because I was relying on my sense of just knowing what I want to say in the moment and mm-hmm. saying it. And there were specific times or things where I wanted to be like, I want to say this very, very clearly. And so I'm going to write it out. So I'm not, I don't miss the moment of clarity. Also, you know, if you listen to me preach or watch me preach or whatever, you'll know that I, you know, like 
it's very easy for me to be tangential. <laughs> no. Yeah. Never, Cameron. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> I preach for I preach, you know, longer than ninety nine percent of preaching professors and you know books yeah. will tell you that you should preach. Yeah, like the recommended is the sweet spots like twenty to twenty. Like 25 minutes, somewhere between 20 to 30 minutes is like what I've heard. Is and I'm at least double that. At least. Yeah. I mean, I mean, both of us are. Yeah, I'm in the 50 <laughs> to 60 minute range yeah. very consistently. Mm-hmm. It's what I've always done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that I do think it's inten- – it, it is intentional for me. Yeah. Um, and – but re- – Regardless, um, they're like in my preaching, moving from outlining to manuscripting, I'm trying to cut down on a lot of the extra filler words. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, like wanting to be yeah. really clear, not wasting anything, yeah. not wasting people's attention, not wasting my words, not wasting my energy, mm-hmm. you know, getting as much out as I can. And, Sometimes it's better than others. Yeah. Well, it you know, there's there's this really weird um sometimes preaching a long sermon is the easier thing to do. Mm-hmm. And and so like not so what we're not saying is that oh if you're listening like a long sermon is better than a short sermon. We're not necessarily saying that because a like a lot of people preach long sermons because they're not very good preach at preaching yet. Like they're they're they actually don't know what to say. They don't know what to say. So they say everything. And so they say everything. They're dumping everything. They're kind of just regurgitating everything that they read. That was me early on. I still remember I was doing I think I was preaching Daniel and there was some confusion over which exact king this story was related to. And I did all this archaeological reading all this stuff and I came to like this thing and I was like all right I've I've come to the decision which king this was and like exactly where it fit in Persian history and all that stuff and I went and I asked somebody I said all right where where should I put this in my sermon and they're like Luke why would you put it in your sermon no one cares right. <laughs> and I was right uh, oh like you yeah you sure cuz I really want to put it in there right. so um a long sermon doesn't necessarily mean a good sermon. Right. But if you are going to preach long and you're going to do it well, it takes a lot of work. Yes. Because yeah. you and, and there are a lot of benefits. Like I think one of the things that at least I've I've experienced in because I've I've done both. I've done the 30 minute sermon on a consistent basis and I've done closer to your length, which, which since I've come here, and you are able to get much deeper and farther into people's lives and communicate more complex ideas in a larger sermon. Yeah. If you're if you're trying to do the the 20 minute TED talk, like you you're you're not gonna be able to show as much of your work and you're not gonna be able to like you just can't get there. You can't yeah. get as deep. Right. Well um, and you know and like I I don't ever want the sermon to be reflective of how theologically insightful 
or astute or how much work I've done. Hmm. I don't ever want someone to sit through an hour sermon and be like, wow, that was an hour long. He like, he's so insightful or he has so much theological. I don't, I don't, that's not my purpose at all. It comes to me from like a more methodological standpoint of like what it takes to really take the word of God and understand we're, we're talking about things that are a um, a interrelationship between the work of a man and preaching the word and the primary work of the Holy Spirit to take the word as, mm-hmm. as it's proclaimed and to put it into people's hearts. Yeah. Right. But what, you know, so understand that, that there is that nuance and do believe that in that nuance. But like, if you think about the work of preaching and what it takes to make that happen, you know, like think of, like you just can't, you can't drill deep in 20 minutes. No, you can't. Well, you can't be meditative in 20 minutes. Right. You can't like you just like if it takes five minutes to set the the drilling rig up and it takes five minutes to take the drilling rig down. Yeah. And you preach a 20 minute sermon. You got 10 minutes to drill. You can't drill very deep Yeah. at all. You can barely get through the surface of someone, the hardness of someone's heart. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so all of those elements tend to be for me a little bit longer. Yeah. The introduction tends to be a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. The body is, obviously longer the conclusion tends to be a little bit longer because i think that there's a i i don't know we we cheat people out of the depth of the experience of god's word when we assume that they can't pay attention to something more than 20 minutes yeah you know if you're preaching for 20 minutes because people don't pay attention for more than 20 minutes and the problem is not them not paying attention. Yeah. The problem is we I mean the word of God like we're not talking about something that's disengaged from someone's life. Mm-hmm. If we as preachers do the hard work of understanding the critical connections and what the word of God does and says into the applicable sections of people's lives today right now then it is the most like foundationally applicable substance that there is known to man. Yep. Right. Um, and it will take root um, if we give it time to. So I, I just can't, um, I would, I, I fear the day. That's like, or I, I shouldn't say that because I don't anticipate this whatever like happen, but where like the elder team or, you know, the church as a whole would be like, you, we, you need to preach for a half hour tops. That's, that's, that's the time allotted that you get. Yeah. And I I think I feel so strongly about this Mm -hmm. that I would be like, then you need to find a different pastor because I'm not your man. Yeah. I'm not the guy. Like if that's what you want, if you want 20 to 30 minute mm-hmm. sermons, I am probably not the pastor that fits that 
this church or that desire or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I'm just not. Hmm. I don't think I feel quite as strongly as you do, yeah. partly because I've been, I've done the 30 minute sermon for, mm-hmm. I did that for two plus years. Yeah. So, you know, and so I do think that there, it, it is, it is definitely a different way of preaching. And I think given the option, I would generally choose the longer mm-hmm. for the reasons that you've highlighted. Um, but I do think, you know, like, and I'm not saying that there's not uh, a room for, this is a kind of somewhat tangential and pre- perhaps so like esoteric or deep that anyone who's listening is not very interested in this. But there is like a type of preaching that comes out in the like 10 minute sermonic thought that like when I've given more informal, um, shorter sermons that are like even shorter than 20 minutes, mm-hmm. there's a type of almost like um, contemplative simplicity that sometimes comes out in that kind of writing. Yep. And I've not known how to access that in a longer sermon no, as much yep. as I know how to do it in a shorter sermon. Right. And I've, I like, I've personally reflected on the dynamics of that and tried to uh, articulate that. You obviously seem to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, because we we do it sometimes here, like we like Good Friday sermons, mm-hmm. Christmas Eve, stuff yeah. like that, where we where we do a more meditative, reflective, mm-hmm. like for lack of a better term, devotional thought on the narrative or yeah. the story or whatever, and just kind of let it be what it. Is. is and sometimes that connects with people more. Um, some of the like some of the sermons that people have told me that oh that was like the best. I was like that wasn't really even a sermon. It was like a thought, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that's all it you know takes. And so I'm I'm very much a person of of context. Like mm-hmm. what is it that I'm doing? What's the goal? What's even the text? One of my favorite my favorite sermons um, was. I think it was by, you know what? I'm not even going to attempt because I'm not 100% sure of his name and I can't pronounce it. Mm-hmm. But pastor um, came to a conference and it was this big conference. It was being like recorded and all of this stuff. And these pastors were coming and it was kind of a bit of a flex to come in and do these big, long sermons in this conference. And he came, his text was... Um, Christ's exhortation to his disciples, does not your father in heaven know how to give good gifts if you as earthly fathers know how to give good gifts? Very simple kind of text. He didn't give any, he's just like, I'm not going to give you any fancy illustrations or really clever stories because Jesus already did that. He simply took the parables that Jesus mentions there, kind of retold them, and then he was like, the point of this passage is that all of you in this room should pray more. You have not because you ask not. Let us believe that. We don't know the the mystery of how and when God decides to answer prayer, but it seems here very clear that God wants us to seek him more and pray more. Mm. He was done in 20 minutes, 
And then he walked off the stage, and the entire conference had no idea what to do. Mm. Uh, so they improvised like a giant gospel performance for the next 45 minutes. Um, and all the peop- students who were there wanted to go home, because <laughs> but we were required to be mm-hmm. there. Um, but I remember that sermon yeah. very clearly. Mm. And I remember it being probably the best sermon I sat through that entire week. I sat through like a week of mm-hmm. like, I was listening like three or four sermons a day during that conference. And that's the only sermon I remember. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too because people approach sermons, not pastors, but people in congregation approach sermons with for different purposes. Mm-hmm. Some want to be inspired. Yeah. You know, they want the inspiring, like some want charismatic presentation. Mm-hmm. Some want um, to be educated. Yes. Some want to be challenged and convicted. Mm hmm. Um, and so, and probably, you know, a couple other reasons that people, yeah, or they want to approach it. Yeah. And so the question then becomes, you know, is it the job of the preacher to meet each one of those expectations, expectations, you know, maybe not in like a, oh, so-and-so has this expectation. So I better, I better, you know, Mm -hmm. make, you know, meet their expectation, but should there be some, you know, should our presentation be charismatic from the standpoint of it being engaging? Yes, it absolutely should. It is like cardinal sin of preachers to bore people with the word of God. Yes. Like, come on now, right? Right. So, yeah, we want to have, like, good presentation. Right. Do we want to educate people? Yeah. Yeah, of course. In the word of God, like, do we want to inspire people? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do we want people to experience conviction? Um, yeah, because godly, um, godly conviction, you know, produces repentance, which leads to new life, you know? Um, so we want those things. But each one of those things is not in itself preaching. Right. No. Education is not preaching. Right. Inspiration is not preaching. Conviction Uh -uh. is not preaching. Like that's not, those are byproducts. Right. Of faithful preaching. Right. Right. And so and so you go about the act of preaching, understanding that, you know, like people are going to either receive or not receive those things according to their own, like, willingness to hear them. Mm-hmm. But, um, so yeah, we said all that to say <laughs> Thursdays are our days off. <laughs> or our last day and Fridays are our days or, off. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, Thursdays yeah. are our last days. And um, we often are very tired emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and then physically because of the work. And so it's nice to have two days off in a row. Yeah. Well, you know, this truth like really hit me when I, when we closed the church in Chicago and I was looking for the position that ended up being here and came here. Um, I was able to take a couple of months off. It kind of ended up being a semi-forced sabbatical of types, although I did end up doing different types of work during that time um, while I was job hunting. And uh, one of the... I I just kind of collapsed for like a good couple of months. Mm. And that was... I, I got as... Like during that time, I got the sickest I had been mm-hmm. in a, like r- any recent memory. Yep. I was like just exhausted 
and um, and in some ways, um, I I look back now at my uh, time in Chicago, and this is this is uh, really ju- this isn't like a this is just me. This is just me looking back and saying like I did not hold like good boundaries for myself, mm-hmm. and I I went too hard for too long. And it wore me out in a way that like has taken me years to figure out how to not be that way. Mm. Um, and so it's like, like back to what you originally said, like ultimately I agree with what you said. Yeah. You can't go that hard for that long mm-hmm. because you eventually do have to pay the piper. Mm-hmm. And so that's, yeah. you know, you, you do need to find a sustainable rhythm Otherwise, you do end up kind of just crashing at some point. Well, and we're not even, I'm not even talking, like, this isn't even like a good self-care principle. This is biblical. Well, yeah, it's one of the Ten Commandments, isn't it? You know, we're, yeah. We're not talking about like a, well, if you, if you can find it within your schedule, you're very busy doing everything for God's schedule. Try to honor him by obeying one of the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Have we if we talked about that before, how like sometimes the Sabbath is the one Ten Commandment that everyone thinks doesn't matter anymore? I mean, I don't think we've talked about it directly. Yeah. Like I mentioned something similar to it this past week. I've mm-hmm. pre- we've preached I've preached on the Sabbath yeah. many times. Yeah. You know? Um yeah, God does not, you know, God is not impressed when we abandon solitude mm-hmm. and time with him in the yeah. name of serving the church or serving him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that's not impressive to God when we run ourselves so that ragged, ragged mm-hmm. that we um that we have literally not the physical or spiritual or mental or emotional capacity to be in restful life-giving relationship with him. Yeah. Um, so, you know, no, I don't know that we've talked directly yeah. about that, but it certainly is, um, certainly is true. Yeah. Well, cause like I've heard, I heard, I heard it for a long time. There's, there's kind of people like to make a distinction of the old Testament law and they're like, well, there's the 10 commandments which are the moral law. And those are like universal, continue to be applied, like we should honor the Ten Commandments. And there's the rest of the stuff, which is mostly ceremonial, which was all fulfilled in Christ, and we are not necessarily bound mm-hmm. to those things. That's mm-hmm. why we wear blended shirts and things like that, uh, or eat seafood, um, or bacon. selfish bacon. Yeah. Um, right, and so that's kind of a, a theological distinction that is often made and you know, uh, but one of the caveats to that ends up being, well, all the Ten Commandments except for the commandment of Sabbath, because they go and they look at the teachings of Christ and they say, well, Christ says that, like, essentially they make the interpretation of what Christ says when Christ teaches about the Sabbath. He says, Sabbath is not, uh, you were not created for Sabbath, but Sabbath was created for man. They take that as a license to say it's a gift. And so I can. <laughs> I can either choose to pick that gift up or I can choose to set that gift aside 
in the name of um, doing things, and it becomes an excuse to not do the Sabbath. How prideful <laughs> and full of ourselves have we become to imagine that we would say no to, the to a gift of God. Like if Jesus were to walk in the room right now and say, Luke, Cameron, I have a gift for you. Right. And we've already talked about like, okay, the, the gifts that the father gives are immeasurably better than any gift that mm-hmm. our human fathers give. Mm-hmm. I've got a gift for you. Mm-hmm. We're good now. I mean... Seriously, thanks, Jesus. Keep it. I'm I'm pretty busy this week. We're just I'm, we're just gonna keep going. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna keep going. I don't have time to open the gift, experience what you have for me in this. Um, come back next week, and if I have enough time, we'll see. And then he comes back next week, and be like, nope, sorry, just I yeah. too busy for it this week too. What in the Sam hell <laughs> is going on in your mind? When you could read a passage like that, the you know Sabbath was um, made for man. It mm-hmm. is a gift, you know, for us, yep. and for us to say, um, "Yeah, I know it's uh, it's a good idea, but it's just not practical with right. my with my schedule." We have the freedom to use it if we want, but right, we don't need it. Yeah, like I just that mentality absolutely blows my mind yeah and in the same regard like my you know the heart of sin the flesh mm-hmm. does um, want to rebel yeah. against it mm-hmm. you know and not even like physically speaking where i'm like okay well i'm just gonna on my day off i'm gonna go home and work all day i'm gonna mow the lawn and do the weed eating and like you know do do all that because you can certainly have days off and still not be present to the lord to the lord not sabbathing right but there definitely is like um there is like any day that we walk out of this office and we go home we know that there is we we are a hundred percent confident that there's more than forty hours of work waiting for us when we come back into the office there like there is not a day where you and I sit and look at each other and say, "Gosh, Cam, what should we do, what should we do with our time oh, like, wow um and I got all the work done last week, so I don't have any left for this week, yeah, um, I leave more work on the table, yeah. To be done right. than I get done in any week. The sinful temptation, at least for me, and I'm guessing at, at times for you, is to like believe I can get it done. If I myself myself, if I just crank harder, if I just like go, if I maybe omit uh, some of the space in my week, if I just like. Mm-hmm. Um, if I just was to just hustle, if I just worked harder all the time, I could get it done, and I could get it done better, and I could do it. Mm-hmm. Nope. God has a way of telling us that He can't, that we can't. Yep. There's a way of like knocking that out of us. Yeah. You can. You can do nothing apart from Me, says right. Christ. Yes. And so, 
Like, what are we doing? If we're doing the things of ministry for God, but we're not doing them with God. Yeah. Yeah, you're actually, and, and, the, and then in that scenario, you're not actually even doing it for God. You're doing it for yourself mm-hmm. to prove your worth, to prove your calling, to yeah. prove your gifting. You know, mm-hmm. and you're no longer doing it for God because the things that we actually do for God, we do in obedience to Him, yeah. um, and not apart from Him. Yeah. So, and that, like. Like this idea, the what we ended up just talking about, the whole idea of concept of Sabbath, isn't just for pastors to make not, that clear. Not at all. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. Yeah. We Jesus wasn't speaking of the Sabbath was not given for ministry leaders. The mm-hmm. Sabbath was given for humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we tell our younger selves to Sabbath. Sabbath more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, Sabbath more. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we'll... I don't think, you know, I don't know when I'll retire in ministry. Um, You know, I'll think I'll be, by God's grace, you know, it will be like a... It'll have like a 50-year career in ministry, Mm -hmm. maybe. Um occupational ministry right it it is hard when i like tell people that like because i think technically i'm around five years of professional full-time ministry Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel that way yeah because i've been so involved in church life and ministry and schooling and all of that so sometimes it feels like has it only been five years yeah Yeah, a lot longer i don't think i'll ever be done teaching the bible teaching the word of god or shepherding people right whether i'm doing that as a pastor or whether we're getting paid or not right but at the end of whatever my career yeah professional career will be i i don't think that i'm going to say i really really wish i would have just put more hours in Mm -hmm. i think if i have a regret it's going to be like i didn't spend enough time with my kids didn't spend enough time with my wife i didn't spend enough time with the Lord. Yeah. You know, I think that's going to be the regret if there's a regret. And I just like looking forward, like looking ahead. I'm like, I don't, I, I'm not going to have that regret. Mm -hmm. I refuse to have that regret. I refuse to have my kids someday look at me and be like, you cared more about the church than you did about us. It, you know, there's, I think, and I hope that this is, I think this is a broader uh, experience and, and movement of the Spirit in our in our generation of ministers and pastors and ministry leaders. But the, I remember I had to take a class on like missions and history of missions and stuff like that. And we had to read like these, like biographies and stories and of, of all of these great missionaries who went and did really awesome things to advance the gospel in foreign countries and things like that. And one of the things that was almost laughable at a certain point was like, and their fifth wife died of malaria. Mm. Like you were reading these stories and these, um, these missionaries would get married and bring their kids on the mission field. And then their entire family would die. 
and um or one of the or, or, or take it even and make it a little bit uh kind of closer to home is to if you look at the revivalists in America and you examine their marriages I cannot remember which particular revivalist I think him and his wife his final wife I think his first wife died at some point and then I think his second wife I think he they spent a laughable amount of time together it was like a handful of weeks mm-hmm. in actual person contact and then they're buried in entirely different states and i don't see those things i think you can look at those and say oh look at the sacrifices for the gospel and i'm just like i don't i don't know that god called us to sacrifice the calling of being fathers and husbands and faithful in those areas on the field of ministry Mm -mm. like i think that's a misunderstanding of both Jesus's and Paul's teaching on singleness. Mm-hmm. I see that as like a you neglected the teaching of singleness in and in doing so you caused great harm to others. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I don't I don't think that's honoring. No. You know, I think I there's either. a you know, and and it's really sad when I do hear uh people who grew up as pastor's kids or uh, pastor's wives. It was actually a really scary thing um, when, uh, like, when when Oksana and I were getting engaged and we were getting married, some people were coming and, like, telling us horror stories about, like, they were like, oh, well, get ready for all of this miserable experience of being married to a pastor. And I was like, no, <laughs> like that's not the life I want for her, for me. Um, you know, we were just, I was like, no, like we're going to have different boundaries than that. That's not how we're going right. to live as a couple yep. and as a pastor. Yep. Right. Exactly. And no. So, and that's the unique application to us, but like to anyone, if you've got a job and you've got other call, if you're like, a teacher, or business teacher. owner, or work construction, or a nurse, right. or whatever, whatever you are, yeah. right? You can fall into those same patterns and habits. Doesn't yep. matter. Yep. Yeah. Fall to the urgent, or fall to the sense of importance or significance, yep. and neglect the other things in your life. Yeah. But then also, if you are single, um. Like, perhaps consider how that can be a gift to you yeah. and to others. So we should probably do a whole podcast episode on singleness. Singleness, yeah. Um, I have lots of thoughts there. Yeah. Um, Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think we're going to end today. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know what we'll title this one. I don't know. <laughs> thoughts on preaching and Sabbath. Yeah. <laughs> Um, as always, if you have any questions that you'd like to text into us, our text line is 716-201-0507, and would love to be able to feature your question on our next mailbag episode, which may be fairly soon. Um, also, please like this episode, share it, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to, Spotify, Apple, or YouTube. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. We'll see you then.